time for our weekly fantasy football update, which means out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports end by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And, John, let's start with a Cardinals part of the show here. I don't know if I've started a fantasy segment with the Cardinals for since, like, Carson Palmer and David Johnson were playing here. But, uh, you know, obviously Kyler Murray is a, you know, triumphant return, and Trey McBride, who we've talked about the last couple of weeks, uh, really standing out last Sunday once again in McBride's case. You know, where did uh, Murray, uh, where's he rank among the quarterbacks, and how about McBride amongst the tight ends these days? I, I think Murray, uh, that was such an impressive uh, re- return from him, you know, just being, what, 11 months re- removed or so for, from the ACL injury, and, uh, you know, when we were talking about uh, him last week, we're, you know, the the expectation was, okay, he's probably going to throw a lot, but we're, we're not sure how, how willing he's going uh, to be to run and, and escape and, and all that stuff. But he looked no worse for wear uh, from where he was a, a year ago or, or previously. So that was super encouraging. I think that he really adds so much to that offense. I know that, you know, Josh Dobbs had, had his flashes uh, during his time in Arizona, but I think that Murray really elevates the entirety of the rest of this offense, and, and McBride definitely um, is part of that equation as well. I think that he McBride, in in his own right, is probably a top 10 uh, tight end the, the rest of the season. I mean, I, I like him better than Dalton Schultz even. I know, I know that he's attached to, to C.J. Stroud, so that certainly helps. But, you know, and Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, um, even in David Njoku, um, I, I think McBride is someone that, that has more fancy value than, than any of those guys right now. All right, so let's move on to some running backs here. My guess, uh, here's, here's my best guess. Uh, two guys stood out. I will start, start with Devin Singletary, 30 carries against the Bengals. He had more rushing yards than any NFL running back uh, last Sunday. Uh, so where do we look at, uh, how do we look at uh, Singletary moving forward here? Well, um, you know, the, there is something to be to be said about, you know, Damian Pierce uh, missing that game. And, you know, it, we don't think at this stage that, that um, he's going to miss the entire rest of the season. So um, there is that to consider. But at the same time, Damian Pierce has been one of the chief disappointments, uh, I think, among like the, the top uh, eight rounds in fantasy this season. I mean, he's someone who's averaging exactly three yards a carry and has exactly one touchdown this season on 109 attempts. So, I mean, it's been absolutely brutal. I think that the, that the Texans generally are not going to be a run-first outfit, but that, that's fine with, with Singletary because he does have some pass-catching chops. I, I don't expect him to, to see that type of carry volume going forward necessarily. I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what the Texans want to do, but, um, you know, th- this is a little bit apples to oranges. But Singletary, uh, when he was in college, I, I know that, we, we look at him now, and we don't really view him as a workhorse, but they called him Motor in college when he was at, at Florida Atlantic, and he was someone that was yeah. routinely taking on 30-plus carries. So I think that he can handle as much as the Texans want to give him, and he, he clearly has uh, the most use of anyone in that backfield right now. Okay, the other running back that stood out to me uh, last weekend was Ty Chandler. He had as many rushing attempts as Alexander Madison before Madison was concussed in that game. And Cam Akers is obviously out for the season uh, with the Achilles situation. So where do we stand with Chandler right now? Um, I think that if you're in the market for a running back on waivers this week or, or if your waivers um, have already run, you probably already thought of this. But but Chandler definitely is someone to, to be uh, adding to your roster. I think, um, you know, Madison has been you know, just pretty much the definition of average to, to slightly below average 
over the course of this season. And, and again, with, like you said, with, with Akers being out of the way, Chandler is, is definitely someone that, that I think projects for, for a fantasy viable um, workload. I don't know how great he is as a talent, but I will say that he does have um, pretty you know, top-notch speed for running back. I, I thought that that was kind of his, his calling card coming out of, of North Carolina. So um, he definitely ha- has the ability, and, and I think that the Vikings, uh, now when they, with a, you know, a true run threat, at quarterback that, that keeps defenses on their heels and, and probably gives a guy like Chandler a little bit uh, bigger rushing lanes to work with. So I, I think that, that uh, Chandler definitely um, is, is a solid pickup. And I, I don't know if you're going to be starting him the rest of the season necessarily, but, but he's someone that you can definitely play the matchups with. Okay, John, you've been telling us for weeks about Keaton Mitchell. <laughs> so uh, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how all these touches and this workload figures out or how the Ravens figure this out. you got any thoughts about that? You're a Ravens guy too. So how, what are we looking for here? Yes, so I, I think, you know, Harbaugh got grilled pretty hard for it um, a- after the game on Sunday with, with Mitchell doing what he did on, on limited uh, work volume and, you know, obviously what he did after that Seattle game, you would have figured that, that um, Mitchell would have been a, a much bigger factor um, in that backfield. So I, I think that combined with, with the, the lack of usage in the second half, I thought Todd Munkin had a horrible game on Sunday as far as how he was calling things, his sequencing, um, his personnel decisions, all of them uh, were, you know, I, I think all contributed to the Ravens losing that game. So um, I would be surprised if Mitchell, um, you know, get, gets the, the capped volume that, that he did a week ago. I don't think that he projects as someone that, that is going to be like a workhorse, but um, I think if the Ravens can get him to about 12 carries uh, per game and, and a couple of targets, I think that's the sweet spot. And obviously with, with the level of explosiveness and efficiency that Mitchell has, he can do a lot of damage on 10 to 12 carries. Okay. Other running backs I should be asking about, who might they be? Uh, the, those are, those are the primary guys, um, right now, th- those are the, those are the three kind of premium, uh, pickups at, at the running back position. You, you're probably talking about guys in, in much deeper formats, uh, be, beyond that. If, uh, if we're not talking about these, this trio. Okay. No problem. John McKechnie of rotowire.com curling in the sports zone on to wide receivers. Okay. I, I've got slim pickings here. Uh, who should I be asking you about as far as the wide receivers this week? Well, um, it seems like like Noah Brown is is, uh, is beginning to, yeah. to become a factor um, in that in that Houston offense. Um, well, it, it's so bizarre, you know, because he he was not a, a big time you know draft pick or, or anything like that. He was always you know, moderately effective when when used uh, during his time in Dallas, but nothing really portended uh, him having the this stretch that that he's had over these last three weeks, where he's been effectively a wide receiver one for fantasy purposes. Um, in each of the last three games. And we have to just continue to be optimistic about this Houston offense going forward. I mean, C.J. Stroud is truly a revelation, putting together a, a special um, season, especially for a, a rookie quarterback. So um, if you're attached to him, uh, good things are probably going to happen. So I, I feel like Noah Brown uh, going forward, it, I, I do believe that uh, Nico Collins coming back, that, that's going to cut into the work a little bit for Noah Brown. But I think Noah Brown, I think going forward, is someone that you can feel good about using in your flex spot or your wide wide receiver three spot. I was definitely going to mention him if you didn't bring him up first, so thank you very much. Okay, on to Brandon Cooks. 
Uh, got plenty of action last week. I was against the Giants, so I don't know if anything counts against the Giants in really anything, fantasy or non-fantasy these days. <laughs> so does Cook's uh, so-called splash game last week really matter in the long run here? Uh, I'm going to be skeptical on that. I, I, I think that he should be rostered um, in, in pretty much every league, and D- Dak Prescott, for his own part, is definitely having a strong season, playing very well especially relative to, to, you know, I think you could argue last season or, or the one before. Um, and, you know, CeeDee Lamb is, he's on such a run right now to where defenses have to, uh, you know, roll coverage to try to slow him down in any capacity. And Cooks really is like the, the next best option um, for them as far as downfield targets. Ferguson is, is a definite force um, in the red zone for them, but between the 20s, and we know that Cooks has, has the speed. Cooks is definitely someone that, that needs to be rostered in leagues. Um, I, I, I do think that I'm, I'm concerned about the week-to-week consistency with him, so, so you are going to kind of have to play the matchups when it comes to Cooks, but it, it does feel like we, we do get tipped off in that sense because the Cowboys always just put, put up huge numbers on the, on the bad teams that they play and then struggle yes. against the good teams. So you, you know if, if they have a cupcake on the schedule, it's probably not a bad idea to throw Cooks in your lineup. And there's a cupcake this week for the Cowboys, so maybe something to think about there too. Talking with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. Okay, quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, it was announced this morning, out for the rest of the season. Does How does this alter what you think of the rest of the Browns' fantasy options? Well, it's it's going to be tough uh, the, the rest of the way. I mean, we, we remember the, the stretch of the season earlier this year where, um, you know, occasionally Amari Mar- Cooper was able to, you know, put up some production and David Njoku was, was able to do some things. Um, so you, you feel like those guys are still going to be startable. You just kind of have to reframe um, your expectations for them as far as their, their week-to-week ceiling is concerned. But I think the floor is still there. It's not like the Browns are, are simply not going to throw the football anymore. So it, it, they will still be getting the targets that, that are necessary. We, probably not, not expecting the big plays. Uh, the splash plays so much for, from the from that offense in the passing game much anymore. But I, I think that they, they should be able to cobble it together. I, I, I have plenty of Amari Cooper and plenty of David Njoku. And, and, you know, frankly, outside of the second half last week, it's not like Deshaun Watson was playing at an extremely high level for his own part. And I was still comfortable starting those guys. So it, it is a drop-off. You, you did kind of feel like after Sunday that maybe the Browns were about to, um, you know, kind of make a serious – um, statement in the AFC, I feel obviously a lot less confident in that now, but uh, I still feel like Cooper and Njoku are, are still fine going forward. But, you know, your fringier targets, like your Elijah Moores or your Cedric Tillmans, probably um, probably need to be heading to the waiver wire. Okay, you mentioned Josh Dobbs. He's been certainly the flavor of the last two weeks. and can probably run for governor in Minnesota right now. Uh, <laughs> how rostered is he, and are you a believer, uh, you know, he certainly has running ability, no doubt about that. Do we kind of trust him to continue throwing the ball with efficiency, which he's had in the last, certainly last week in the game against the Saints he did? Yeah, that was unbelievable. That was that was a, a huge moment for, for him because, you know, the, the game against the Falcons felt like such an anomaly uh, either way that you slice it. I mean, there, there was so much crazy stuff going on in that game. It was like a, a back backyard uh, football game. But, you know, last week going up against a, a you know, legitimately talented Saints defense and absolutely dicing them up. Uh, Josh Dobbs basically, in my mind, ha- has ascended from being a guy that you can kind of hold your nose and start in two quarterback leagues to now one where even in leagues where, where you're only starting one quarterback, 
Um, he has to be in the discussion to, to make it uh, into your starting lineup on, on a week-to-week basis. Like if I have a Brock Purdy that I've been rolling out there, or even a Trevor Lawrence um, at, at this stage, Lawrence has not had a single monster game this season. So that I, I've kind of whipped on that. I'm not completely giving up the ghost there. But um, as it stands, you know, we, we have to react quickly in the fantasy football world. And, and right now Dobbs has a, a much hotter hand than either of those two guys, in my opinion. And I think this weekend um, against the Broncos, that's up pretty well to where if you're in 12-team league, I think Dobbs is startable. So you got Mahomes, Hurts, and Toa back from buys this week. So is there any waiver wire demand for quarterbacks out there? I'm sure it's got to – obviously last week it was kind of like, what the hell do I do for one week? This week those guys are back. Right, exactly. So it, it's more so if if, um, if you are hurting for – or if you're fine this week, but you're looking ahead a little bit and, and there could be some issues with buys um, in weeks uh, 13 and, and 14, uh, a potential stash that I would look into it would be Jameis Winston. Uh, I wouldn't be interested in, in Carson Wentz. I, I, I think Stafford should be able to, to play, um, although he has not been performing well basically since uh, September. So, so that's something to, to consider as well. But Jameis Winston um, – if Derek Carr is to miss time, they're on the bye this week, the Saints are. Um, Jameis, at the very least, he's going to get things going with, with Chris Olave. That, that was clear. The splits were glaringly obvious that this past Sunday. Olave, I think, had zero targets from Carr, and then all of a sudden still managed to put up a, a very solid game from a fantasy perspective because Jameis Winston was in there. You know the interceptions are coming, but you also know that, that he is going to be aggressive with, with his downfield uh, throwing. So, there, there's at least something to be said for that. So Winston would be like the, the quarterback uh, pickup in, in deeper leagues to stash uh, for this week. Jameis has never lacked aggressiveness, that's for sure. No. All right, Will Levis, um, has he kind of been exposed here a little bit, or what do we think of him now? Um, you know, he's, he's probably off your, your starting radar at this point, but I, I think that he's he's fine to, to still have kicking around on your roster. I, th- I thought that – um, you know, these last two games against the Steelers and the Buccaneers, both of them being on the road, um, pretty tough setups. Those are both pretty tough defenses. Um, the the game he had in his debut is probably going to be the best game that, that he has this season and potentially even in, in his career. Um, that was completely <laughs> shocking to me. Um, when it comes to Levis, he's very toolsy. Um, he, he's a big guy that can run around a, a good bit and has a, has a very, very strong arm. He doesn't have a great weapons around him other than other than DeAndre Hopkins, of course, and it's not the most pass-happy offense. So um, you're looking at, at him being basically like quarterback 20 the rest of the season. So startable-ish in, in two quarterback formats, but but he's not someone that, that you're rolling out there uh, week to week in, in your standard uh, one QB leagues. Okay, tight ends. We already talked about McBride. I, I, I'm a little. I thought wide receivers were thin. Yeah, yeah. Ideas of the tight. There's any tight ends out there that are worth picking up this week? I might have one, but you, you go first here. Okay, so the, there's a handful of again, you know, deeper uh, options to to consider. Uh, you can think about uh, Tyler Conklin uh, on the New the York guy. Jets. He's, <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, he's um, he's not phenomenal by any means we, we know that and and when you're tethered to zach wilson you you have to kind of uh temper your expectations pretty significantly but at least like he is getting targets he is getting usage in that offense especially you know relative to some of the other tight ends um in the league so he's someone uh to consider i think tommy tremble on the panthers as long as hayden hurst 
um, is sidelined is, is someone that can kind of function as a security blanket for Bryce Young. Um, so I'd consider him as well. It, you know, he had a little bit of, of juice as, as a prospect coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, hasn't been great. He's more um, more useful as, as a blocker as far as his real-life um, abilities are concerned. But he can still do a little bit um, as a pass catcher as well. So if you're desperate, uh, Tommy Tremble, definitely someone to consider. And, and uh, Gerald Everett, if he ends up missing time, uh, Donald Parham becomes a, a pretty interesting mm-hmm. option. I've, I've always been pretty intrigued by, by Donald Parham. He's a huge guy. Um, so massive catch radius can definitely be a factor um, in the red zone. So that, that definitely helps there. And then with Dallas Goddard being sidelined for, for this uh, next little bit with that forearm injury, um, it seems like Jack Stoll is probably the, the tight end um, that, that's going to be elevated in, in Philadelphia. But um, I, I just can't quit this, this uh, Albert Equibunum. But I, I would say that it, to keep him at least on your radar, see how he performs this week, see if he gets some snaps, see if he gets into the game. And if he does, I'm intrigued to see what he what he can do out there still. Back to Conklin for a second. You know, the Jets haven't scored a touchdown now in 35 possessions. So, you know, Conklin, is that kind of a, a PPR type of thing? Oh, you, if you get a tight end that has like 25 yards receiving, you're probably doing okay, right? <laughs> so he might have that. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> that's the nature of the tight end landscape right now. Like if you don't have – uh, the top five guys, you're just kind of scrambling and, and hoping uh, for the best. But but Conklin's peripheral numbers are actually pretty strong. He he has uh, like a 15% target share uh, on the, on the Jets offense. His average depth of target is pretty high for a tight end, about eight yards down the field, um, and he's getting a decent amount of air yards as well. And he's catching almost 80% of his targets. So we're we're not looking at um, you know maybe massive volume, but for for tight ends, it's solid enough volume the touchdown upside again like like you alluded to there um not something that you're um factoring in with, with Conklin. you're not really expecting that necessarily but he can give you you know four or five catches on a given week gets you 40 50 yards and you, i think you'd be happy with that i was not aware of those air yards it's kind of like eric conklin as far as zach wilson goes so there you go <laughs> that's All right, right pushing John... it down the field brother yeah, absolutely. So uh, you, this isn't the only segment. You do have all kinds of things going on, so let us know what's going on with you. Okay, so tomorrow, so every Thursday, I do uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast with, with uh, Mario Puig. We do that. Um, we live stream it on, on the Rotowire YouTube channel, but it also gets cataloged over there, so you don't have to tune in live. You can still catch it there, and that also hits uh, your podcast feeds any, any way that you listen um, that, that usually uh, drops in there sometime Thursday afternoons. And then Nick Whalen and I um, do a Rotowire uh, sports betting podcast where we break down every single game from a betting perspective. Uh, we do that on Thursday evenings, and it usually hits podcast feeds on Friday. But we do live stream that on the Rotowire YouTube channel as well. So, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We would really appreciate it. John, great stuff. Talk to you next week. Thanks much. Thanks again. Appreciate you. Okay. You too. Thanks.